Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, a spoiler cast. Uh, it's a podcast where we discuss, review, and just overlook all of the things in movies and, <laughs> and films and TV shows. I'm your host, Ernesto. I'm here with my co-host, Joel. Hello, everybody. So today we're going to be talking, reviewing, slash discussing uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, the 2022 version, right? Well, yeah, but I also saw the 1930 version <laughs> of the 1979 t- made-for-TV movies. <laughs> so, uh, so it's based on a book in the 1928, and Joel didn't read the book, but he watched the American versions and the British version, 1930, which was a movie, yes. and then the one in 1979, which was a, a, a made, tele scene, right? Yeah, made-for-TV. A, made a made-for-TV show. Back when those still existed. <laughs> and uh, this, uh, this one, the 2022 version, is directed by uh, Edward, and I'm sorry I might pronounce pronounce your name but uh burger and, and he's famous for all my loving which came out 2019 and then another tv show for uh, to your honor uh this film stars uh, felix kramer who plays out uh, paul Beimer, which is the protagonist of the film and uh albert shesh and aaron uh, heilmer uh, just to name a few yeah so essentially it's uh it's a, a modern rendition of previous shows and movies right um, well, yeah, the All Quiet on the Western Front, for those who don't know, is a, a retelling of... I'm not sure if it's like a collection of a series of like soldiers, mm-hmm. like their stories during the First World War, or if it's just one person. kind of feels like it's just one person, because all three movies, it's like... It's about the same, the same right? Yeah, yeah it basically follows the same person. Right, right. Um, and um, it was published in 1928, the first uh, version of the adaptation, I guess we could use this word now. Cause <laughs> the first adaptation of that came out in 1930. And it's a film that uh, both Ernesto and I have seen. Right. As a film history, obviously, they show us this film. Um, but we haven't seen it in a few years. So it was a, like a fun little experiment to to watch the same, basically the same story throughout different eras of Hollywood filmmaking. Right, right. I, actually, I, I didn't think I didn't think of that. And it's uh, the first German-led uh, one, which is uh, which is surprising because you would think the the German side of the conflict you would want you know Germans to be. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, like now with today's sensibilities of staying as true to the source material as you could possibly get, you know, like. You think of fucking, uh, what's it, uh, the, the cowboy fella, um, John Wayne. John Wayne, playing, <laughs> the cowboy fella. <laughs> playing Genghis Khan or some shit. You right, know? right. Like, you're never going to do that ever again. You're yeah. going to hire somebody who's right for the role. And it, it makes sense that it's a it's a story told on from the German front, uh, well, the German army. Uh, on the Western Front, obviously, to be have German actors, right? Absolutely, and the the film uh, it starts off uniquely German, uh, not uniquely German, but uniquely uh, European in terms of cinematography. Yeah, like the first shot is a. It, it, there's a lot of thought go out through all these cinematic scenes throughout mm-hmm. each uh, each, I guess, episode. I want to say. Yeah, the first thing that I noticed, um, obviously after seeing all three, is that the first one, the the new one, is more paralleled artistic, paralleled artistically to the first one. Mm. You know, like the the movies back in the the early days of the talkies, they were very like grand and you know loud music, something that that right. was like a spectacle. Right, right. And this one it utilizes the same elements in a different in a in a more modern way, I guess you could say, like the loud music and all that stuff, but it's right. not orchestral 
you know, these, these grandeur um, scores that they used to have, but like the scenery, the artistic shots and everything, I felt like there was a, a lot of resemblance to the first one. Yeah, it's it seems, I mean, it's, it's naturally, it's German, right? So it feels like there's an extra connection to it. Mm-hmm. You know, especially the first scene where uh, they, they don't hesitate at all. I don't know if it was in the original one, the TV show or the 19, but it, it shows another German soldier uh at the front yeah right and then so the scene is basically it shows them uh going over with over the top which is essentially trying to take the opposite enemy's front line trench. Uh, other trench and uh it, it's it's a like it's it's like 1917 because it's a one shot and it not only that it follows the soldiers clothes from the front yeah all the way back to uh i guess a uh, more mainland germany right yeah back to behind the lines where it was weird cause it was not weird but it's like very interesting the the way that they, they showed this because like at some at a certain point you start losing men right and so you start to you have to restart resupplying the army and since it's you know wartime time of attrition materials are scarce right so they they begin to reuse you know fallen soldiers uh, uniforms boots whatever they can and the whole process that ernesto's um explaining is that it follows one uh soldier getting killed to them taking off his clothes Clean, and then take, cleaning right. it washing it and then sending it back to the seamstress she, she sews it up but looks at that that it has a name on it right right yeah, yeah so it's it's the film is very apologetic <laughs> to yeah. say the least because uh i'm not too sure about world war one tactics but world war two hinged on the events of what happened in world war one which is essentially the basically the financial downfall of germany which yeah. led to uh, extremism and uh, you know all yeah. those uh, a lot of historians see um you know the end of World War One as what it was, which was an armistice. It's mm. an agreement to start fi- stop fighting. Right. Doesn't necessarily mean it's the end of the war. Right. It's a prelude. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I, I feel a lot of like it because the first, like Joel was saying, the first couple of uh, twenty minutes, and this film is by the way two hours and thirty eight minutes. Yeah. It's rated long. R, obviously, mm. and. Uh, so, yeah, it follows them all the way to the point where there's a scene where uh, the main character, who is played by uh, Felix Kramer, which is Paul, because mm-hmm. I can't pronounce his last name, mm-hmm. uh, but he's like he's getting his clothes along with the four, three other of his friends, and the clothes he gets is from that German soldier from the front, and then he notices this belongs to somebody else, and then the yeah. guy with, with a very big smile, the recruiter, is like, oh, it must be a mix-up, and he tears it off the tag, and then he throws it away, but there's a pile Yeah, the, the tag. Camera tilts down, yeah. Following the the tag uh, with the previous soldier's name on it to the to the ground, and there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, and it's it's up to that point. This film really sets the bar in terms of the atrocities during that. The war. mass casualties. The mass casualties, yeah. like just uh, just the idea of them seeming like I don't think they had training either. Just they just they just gave him a gun and then mm. go on. You'll learn that on the way. job. Yeah, <laughs> you'll learn on the job if you survive that. Yeah, long. and I feel like the the first two, um, the 1930 and 1975 versions of this really hammered that uh, aspect of the war home. Mm, really, where um, uh, jumping a little. Well, not jumping because I'm talking about older movies. But when they finally get to was well, the the 1931 starts off. Like with the soldiers marching the war, there's a parade, people are cheering them on and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And mm-hmm. then it slowly, the camera slowly starts zooming out and it's um, in a classroom. Right. 
with Paul and all his friends, and the teacher is like this older older dude, and he's saying, "Oh, you gotta fight for like egging them on, you know, you gotta fight for the fatherland. You don't know any any glory like to to fo- battle and war." And like I've heard right. a lot of accounts saying that at the beginning of the war, uh, World War One. A lot of the soldiers enlisting thinking it was still like the glorified days of Napoleon era war. Oh wow! You know, really because like, like pride and yeah, you'll get, you'll yeah. get like a parade when you come home. You come home heroes. Yeah, deal. but what they didn't know is that World War One is really the first, you know, modern pre-industrial re- or post-industrial revolution war. Right. So right. they figured out a way to kill you a lot faster. <laughs> right. Absolutely. A lot <laughs> yeah. of. Uh, uh, not, not, I'm not trying to glorify it, but you know, war brings a lot of technological advancements. Right? Yeah, like just the off the top of my head, radar, Bluetooth, right? Uh, tanks, tanks, and tanks. Tanks were famously re- introduced in World War One. I. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they were probably introduced before that. Maybe experiments. They were around. They're around, but they were just to hide the fact that these metal. Uh, Gun emplacements, right? <laughs> yeah. this, this, these walking gun emplacements. You know, they they could either call them a tank, which was because of water, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that those those yeah. their way to hide their uh, their name was that they they wanted it to be a water tank. Yeah, and, and that, I don't know who named it, but yeah, water tank. It was and, a French dude. It was a French yeah. dude. So yeah, a lot, a lot of innovations, even automatic fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the all of them have bolt actions right mm-hmm. the, the french army which you'll obviously you'll see in the film and the german army have french uh, have uh, bolt actions but down the line there's like oh we, we need to kill each other more efficiently so we'll have automatics <laughs> yeah. or you know semi-automatics and stuff like that yeah there was like you know wars before then in the 1800s it was still like there was cartridges around for and i'm referring to bullets yeah, but it was still still like muskets you had to pack and shoot and all that shit. <laughs> Even the cavalry, cavalry there wasn't yeah. there a cavalry implemented yeah. as well. Yeah. I've heard various reports about that when uh, the the first battles of the World War of World War One, people were lining up as if it was cavalry, all mm. in line, and then started marching and not knowing that the op- your enemy had a fucking machine gun and just mowed down your entire platoon. Yeah, it's uh, this film. It, it's it's gripping. I, it's, yeah. it's something that uh, it it's not it's not dramatized in any way. It's people just get blown up left mm-hmm. and right. People get gunned down left and right. But the thing is, uh, my first issue is that it, do you feel a little desensitized when now, it comes when it comes to that? Yeah. yeah, especially when it comes to a film like this. I don't know if it was the same with the original one where mm-hmm. it was wanton violence <laughs> and murder, but this one. Uh, I, I get that war is a is a is a horrible thing to do, but I feel like there's a lot of uh, the balance between the narrative from you know having the youth be, be indoctrinated into mm-hmm. this ideal to the to the one gunfire and saving Private Ryan s kind of battle. It got, it feels off tilted at the beginning. I mean, yeah, and and there's one thing that the 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 two previous movies did as well that this one didn't do is that. Paul eventually returns on leave. Oh, does he really? Yeah. So he, he faces his family after the things he faces, he's, he's done. Yeah, he faces... Or he seen, gets, I mean. He gets injured and he gets placed on leave. So he has... Um, in the first one, it's eight days. In the second one, it's 16. Oh, wow. Uh, because of a TV show. Probably. <laughs> and he, he goes back to his family and everybody's like... In the 30s, it's more over the top. Mm-hmm. Just because like acting hadn't really like it's obviously acting had been around for you know a millennia or so but acting in front of camera 
Right. Wasn't really uh, uh, the craft, the honed craft that it is today. So you could tell that they're over the top. <laughs> it's, it's, it's real, like, of its time. Right. I'm not going to, like, criticize it on that because, like, I'm sure, like, we hear reports of Psycho back when it first came on, on theaters and that people were fainting and stuff like that. But now we're like, this, really? <laughs> yeah, like, even the train. The, fr- yeah. the, the One of the first uh, cinematic, master- I suppose, cinematic things to go up on the wall uh-huh. and people were running out. Because of the train <laughs> Of the train, yeah. <laughs> so it'd be yeah. interesting to see in our future just this, if, if they're going to be a point of that in entertainment for us, yeah, where we are so amazed by, it. but yeah, well, they are, but yeah. So in the first one, he goes back to the professor, and again, the same scene, he's riling on the next, uh, his next class to, to spur them on into war, but these are noticeably younger. Mm, oh my and he asks them oh how old are you and he's like oh I'm 16 and we're gonna go off to, to enlist and um, he so he shows up and the, the professor's like oh look Paul one of my students he was here last year or whatever and I'm good to see he's still alive like tell him tell him I'm about good me. to see he's still alive <laughs> I'm happy to see that he's still alive still yeah. <laughs> that you're like, alive hey, basically right, yeah. hey Joel you're alive good to see you like um yeah and he he tr- convinces them to tell uh, the, the new the, the new batch of students like um, honor stories of, right, of the war. Glory of yeah, war. the glory of war. Yeah. He's like, there's no fucking glory in war. Like people die left and right, and like he tells them basically lays down the real shit, and the professor gets mad at him. He's like, right. no, don't tell us that. Tell us about the victories. Tell us about all the important shit. Like you know. Right. And right. then he the the students rally behind the professor and start calling Paul a coward. Oh God, that that sounds so much better. Yeah. Not not the whole coward thing, right? But uh, for the film, the 2022 one. Uh, we don't get that. No, we, we don't get that. Right? I feel like that really uh, cemented this, like the sensibility or the mindset of that era. Right, right. You know, post turn of the century, where a lot of places were still had that you know faith in the military, like they did back in the eighteen hundreds, seventeen hundreds, like right. generations and generations coming up until the industrial revolution. Right. It's it's this blind almost zealot like faith that mm-hmm. you really have to watch out for and yeah that's unfortunate because this film uh, it, it's very gripping at the beginning right with the violence and gore and stuff like that but uh i, I got over it by the time that was done and yeah. i wanted to know more of the the narrative more mm-hmm. of the characters but we don't really uh, get a, an opportunity to sit with them because it keeps cutting to another story uh, two more storylines yeah. right yeah, there were aspects of the film that did mm-hmm. you know like when uh, before the tanks show up oh god that scene <laughs> yeah but like when they go into the french the french uh, trench and right. they see food yeah and they immediately start gorging themselves i, 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 I love i love the parallels with this because you have the german side you have the french side and obviously both sides you don't really get really much a sense of where they are right yeah. there's no there's no french character you go to to see how it is on their trench and i, I like that because it goes from they, they stormed the french trench and there's food, and they just gorge on some, like yeah. Joel was saying. And then there's the rumbling. There's the rumbling, and we're introduced <laughs> to tanks. But it also symbolizes uh, the how militaristically incapable the German army was. Yeah. Because you have not only did the French have all this food, but they have flamethrowers. Yeah. Right. They had, uh, which is horrific because they they straight up show you people getting flamed up. Yeah, that was fucked up. And then they have the tanks, just just the fleet of tanks rolling in, wiping everything out like it's uh, like ants. Yeah. For for those of you who don't know, uh, Germany surrendered uh, World War One 
without having like without conceding any land. They were actually the ones on. They were occupying parts of France, and right. they had to surrender because they ran out of uh, equipment. Right. Well, not equipment. Uh, materials. Mm. They, their their population at home was starving. <laughs> materials. Well, <laughs> basically people. Yeah, people. Yeah, and and at the soldiers on the front line, their morale was breaking. Right. Obviously, there was you know a set of diehards who unfortunately later took power, and we know what happens then. But. <laughs> And having the introduction of um, Daniel Bro's character, the mm. negotiator, yeah, you know, who, yeah. who negotiated, well, I don't know if he was negotiated, he more like <laughs> bend over the barrel at the Treaty of Versailles, which is also an, another interesting aspect because, you know, the Treaty of Versailles, I don't think I've ever seen any movie that has that shows the Treaty of Versailles. I, I don't, exactly. <laughs> at, well, at all. I yeah. mean, even, even the tension, it's a Zemo, if you guys don't know who that Baron character is. Yeah. Baron, he plays Baron Zemo, and he's fantastic in, in the this. Marvel MCU, uh, yeah. In the Marvel MCU. And, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot just palatable. Well, you can taste the tension in the air yeah. when it comes to... Because the French are there, and I believe the Americans as well, or maybe the British. The British. Maybe, the British, because yeah. the uniform looks very similar to, like, American uniform, but the mm-hmm. British... And uh, they're they're doing the treaty, and there's just like they they Germany knows that they can't negotiate anything. Yeah, they have nothing to stand right. stand on. Right. So it's it's less of a, a negotiation, more of just an outright surrender on Germany's side, and they're just gonna have the financial repercussions mm-hmm. to feel. And then just the, everyone in that whole on those whole scenes and the whole scenes of uh, them negotiating is. I, I, I love all of the actors and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. Even the German actors are like, really, this is going to be bad for Germany and stuff like that. Yeah. And it like, really shows the the mindset of um, the German people, you know, of that 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 era. Because, like, for me, World War One was probably one of the most pointless wars ever. Yeah. You know, like, you look at what really um, went down, there's... Obviously, like a lot of racial tension in the Slavic and the Baltics, and like all those mm-hmm. those areas where there's always been, you know, one some sort of unrest. Right. right. Uh, they killed Archduke Ferdinand um, of Sarajevo, and that really says, hey, to I think it was a Serbia, right? Serbia and Hungary. He's like, hey, I'm gonna declare war on you, but Hungary's like, Germany's my ally. Uh, Russia is your ally. France and England are allied with Russia. Yeah. <laughs> so we just, it, everybody came tank. in. Yeah. Right. Everyone just started going at it. And yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's scary how quickly it was just mm-hmm. over one assassination, right? Yeah. And at the end of this film, um, they also show us uh, Ludendorff, General Ludendorff, which is, again, you never get to see General Ludendorff. Yeah. But he did a speech, you know, they were asking, oh, what are you going to do after the war? And he says, like, I mean, what am I to do? What's a soldier without war? Right, right. So you could also feel that, like in the times I've heard, obviously documentaries and reports and all that stuff, that Germany wanted to be a superpower in the same vein as France and England. But because they really saw Germany as like the redheaded stepchild or (laughs) stepcousin or whatever, they always... They always beat it, beat it up on Germany, you know. Right, right. And what's funny is that they were all related. Yeah. <laughs> they were all like cousins. Yeah, it's like yeah, well, this is, the family <laughs> get together is gonna be weird. Yeah. But it, it's exactly that toward, towards around the midpoint or around the it starts. You see the the 
pieces of World War II starting to be placed. Yeah. Because like you said, General Ludendorff, Ludendorff, right? Mm. General Ludendorff, he, he's, if you close your eyes and think World War II and listen to his speech that he gives to uh, the, all his men, it's like straight from World War II. Yeah, he starts rallying Hitler. them and stuff like that. And he Could have start... been given by Go- Go- Goebbels, Hitler. Right, right, exactly. So it, it's it's scary mm. because even, uh, even um, the negotiator character says that you have to be kind with us or the people will hate it. Yeah. And it, it gives you kind of shivers because that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Right, it allowed uh, fascism and uh, Nazism to rise because of how they were treated. Yeah. But... it's uh it's it's it has a poignant point right the film has but i feel like that's the whole narrative suffers with that those those scenes having those into it rather than uh, following the main character yeah i mean compared to the first one the the move the movie is so much uh for the first one the the story is a lot more linear yeah you know there's it, it starts off with the the group of of kids essentially in school they were on 18 19 um, and there's even a scene where the, one of the, the first people who die, um, he's like tentative, right? He's like, I don't know if I should sign up. And everybody's like, come on, dude, we got to go. We're right. Gonna go he's on the peer team. pressured. Yeah, in. he's peer pressured <laughs> into joining a fucking army. And, um, and then it follows them to like simple training. And right, stuff, and right. So it's, the, it's very focused in the linear sense, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like this has to do with... Uh, Edward, uh, the director of Ber- Berger's style, because he's he's done a lot of TV shows, yeah. And I feel like that's a lot of uh, opportunity to give sides of stories, you know, different perspectives. But here, this is a one of his movies, and it, it does feel kind of like that, right? There's three storylines going on, and they they cut from each scene to each scene to kind of get the the feel for them. Yeah, I mean. Not to say that the the, the the like focusing on giving us more about the Treaty of Versailles or General Ludendorff, that that subtracted from the film mm-hmm. because like for me I, like I, I I enjoyed it. It gave me a, a a different perspective. Yeah. But like you're saying, the film was already big enough. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe streamline it a little bit yeah absolutely I would, I would love to see the general and uh, the Paul storylines together mm-hmm. I'd rather see those two lines the treat of her size I would definitely want to see because we've never seen it mm-hmm. uh, but for me it, it did mess up the, the structure of it yeah. just because I want to see more Paul because mm-hmm. there are scenes that he's he's in the muck, yeah, and it, it's it's gripping because he, he he's basically he's losing his friends left and right. Yeah. right. His first friend dies on the first day, yeah, <laughs> and then it skips. It does a time skip eighteen months 18 later, months, yeah. eighteen months later. So uh, just just to see him and how he's changed and how he's developed and his ultimate uh, fate. But uh, d- and then it cuts to uh, treaty negotiations. Yeah, which is what I what I noticed that. The time frame for the war, where they start the war, is different as well. Compared to the other ones. Compared to the, especially the 1979 version. The Mm. 1979, it's like them right at the beginning. And this one, this one and the 1931 is more towards like halfway through or on the, yeah, when the the war is winding down. Right, right. Yeah, so like I remember they said like, oh, one more year of this and it was 19. So, so the original one was Mm -hmm. towards the end of the war. It was like 19. 
1916, yeah, about two more years towards yeah. the towards the end of the war. But this one, it time skips. It, yeah, but like you can still do the math where it's a year right. and it, a half, it, it still so. fits, but yeah. yeah, my sense is that it, it gives him time to develop mm. off screen. Yeah, <laughs> off like screen, so. the 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 character development and the relationships he forms with his fellow soldiers are a little more in depth mm. in the first one, mm-hmm. and because it also it's like. As the character comes on camera, the voiceover will come on and give you like a brief explanation, background, boom, and then move on. Right, right. You know, like Cat, uh, mm-hmm. the oh, guy, the, his the, mentor, his mentor. Right. Uh, it explains uh, the first two do this. They explain that generally a new batch of uh, soldiers gets assigned uh, an old hand right. to show them the ropes. Right. And that happens in the first one. Happens in the second one, but it doesn't happen in the fr- in this one. Yeah, it, it's really implied. Mm-hmm. It's really implied because the, it does time skip, which I thought was weird. And then at the end, they're all friends, and I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, uh, cool. I don't remember anyone's name, <laughs> but I, I kind of know your faces. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's the, I feel like the. Ambition uh, kind of overshapes the narrative, right? Mm-hmm. It's very ambitious. The scenes by them, like the oneers, there's so many oneers, and I loved it. Uh, the the parallels to how the French and the German army were treated, and, and all that good stuff. And but it it, it doesn't make the film less. It's yeah. just the odd inclusion to have different lines and have them so separate. They feel like narratives on themselves. Yeah, like the. the they would introduce one character and then you wouldn't see him for another 20 minutes. So. <laughs> right. Because I'm like, oh, it goes to the, right, exactly, absolutely. It, yeah. it, it jumps to the, you know, the signing negotiations to uh, the general, uh, Ludendorff, and then back to Paul, mm-hmm. and then back to the negotiation. Then it jumps a lot there. And it's not jarring. I, no. I didn't feel too jarred about it, but it did feel kind of a, it, the, they kept changing your perspective mm-hmm. that didn't really meld well. Yeah, I guess what they were trying to say is like this was all happening simultaneously. Exactly, that's what I, I felt too. Because there was a, the tanks were attacked. There's one scene where the tanks show up, and there's an artillery bombardment, and then it cuts to the general from afar, yeah. looking at the front, and you can see the plumes of uh, artillery you can, shells. You can hear the tank. You can hear the and right, and he just kind of sighs like, a, "Oh no, the tanks are like here." Fucking losers are dying. Yeah, and he gorges <laughs> himself right yeah. and on like a peckish hen and all this good stuff. So. Uh, the the film has a lot to say about the hierarchy of the German military and just how glory fed these kids were, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it kind of gets lost like, in translation. Well, yeah, yeah. Like the the one thing that the first two do is that they show the crash of reality that mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as they they get, um, like in the second one, when the, they goes to the training, right. so you see their their. Uh, Commandant? No, it's a commandant. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, the commandant. commandant. Oh, yeah. that's the Russian side. No, it's, uh, well, that's comrade. Oh, no, no. <laughs> the commandant was the one who would shoot yeah. him. Right, yeah. Corporal. Oh, okay. Corporal. Okay. Who was, who was training him. <laughs> right. And the, it's funny because in the first one, you see him as a mailman. And he's oh. he's having fun with them and all that stuff. And there's a quick scene where he's talking to a butcher. He's like, I'm going off to war, you know. I'm a, I'm a corporal in the reserves. Right. And then that's um, already saying bad things because yeah. it's the reserves. It's I mean, reserves. if you have to use the reserves, then there's something <laughs> going on. Already. Yeah, and then like it shows them in the first one when they all sign up and and they're getting dressed in their bunk, in their barracks, and and he walks in and they they still have the same attitude as, as like civilians, nope. and he's he nope. starts yelling at them and, stuff <laughs> like that, and they don't take them seriously. Yeah, until he forces them to take them seriously. Right, right. And in the second one. Uh, 
you, he's like, oh, what I what I show you, what I what you learn from me, you're it's gonna keep you alive. Right. And the moment they get to the to the to the front lines, they're like, everything you learn and train it, forget about that because none of that shit's gonna help you. And they actually start like real firsthand experience of what to look out for, what to all that to keep you alive. You know. Right. Right. The first two do that. The, this one, the new one, doesn't do that. Yeah, it just implies it. Yeah. And, and not only does it do a time skip to imply it, but there's a scene where. Uh, they're getting bombarded, and uh, the mentor character Cat is like duck and fire and cover because they're about to go over. Yeah. Fire and cover, fire and cover, and it's stuff like like okay, that's cool. And then that's really it, the that's only it, the advice yeah. they they really get. And then and uh, yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's unfortunate because uh, the narrative is gripping enough, mm-hmm. right? You don't really need uh, the negotiator as a history guy. Like that's awesome. Yeah. I got to, even the train station like it's very uh, it's very iconic because that's what they used in World War Two to sign it again. Yeah, right. The Fran- Francis surrender. Yeah, the tra- the um, train car. Yeah, the train car. So yeah. Uh, yeah, just knowing that little bit, it's, it got me all giddy. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Like like Ernesto said, uh, where they signed the Treaty of Versailles, uh, France had like a like a memorial to it, mm. and then when uh, France fell in the Second World War. <laughs> Hitler made them sign their surrender in that same boxcar. Yeah, in the same boxcar. So what a cheeky little... Yeah. It was so, yeah, it, it's interesting for a history, but for the the pacing of the film or the structure of the film, I, I felt it was a little out of place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel what you was like. It would, once it, like the battle scenes would start to get interesting and grip you, the stories of what's happening on the front, it would cut to... Ludendorff would cut to the treaty where they're signing and stuff like that. And that, like, I agree with you, it kind of interrupted the flow of the story of the narrative. Yeah, absolutely. But it, one little thing quick is when mm-hmm. um, in the first two, the, the corporal who trains them gets sent to the front lines and oh. he meets up with them like later. And he's like in the first one, they, they just make fun of him. There's more alive mm-hmm. than in the second one. Oh, and they um, they eventually like like. He's like yelling at them to like straighten up, you know. I'm your commanding officer. You gotta respect me. And they're just like, "Fuck you, old man. <laughs> you don't know what's going on out here." And they they basically make them, you know, like they're they cuts to a scene where they're charging the trench, right? And everybody's running, but the corporal's scared, screaming, because oh, he's never experienced it. And yeah. then in the second one, they meet him with a new batch of uh, recruits, basically, mm-hmm. and everybody's there like. They don't have their uniform. They're basically war weary. Right? right, right. And the new ones, the, the the new recruits, like he, the 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 corporal shows up and starts yelling to like, you know, throwing commands at them. And the new ones, like they shape up, they straighten out. But the old ones are like, the fuck you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what toward the end of the film, it, it does a little get a little unravelly. Mm-hmm. But the that's the point is there. Yeah. Because uh, after the armistice is signed, you see the inklings of World War II and just how this illusion everyone is. Not just the German soldiers, but the German high command, the people who are writing the treaties, the, the opponents. Yeah. There's even a scene where they're, they're, the French soldiers are drinking and they're like, oh, it's, the nightmare is finally over. Who would have thought these dudes with the tanks and flamethrowers be like, it's the same for them. Yeah. Right. So the, the end is just... You know, the, one of his friends uh, commits suicide because he, I don't know if he doesn't want to be amputated, but he doesn't feel like, it's like survivor's remorse. Yeah, and there's a, um, you're talking about when he stabs himself in the, with a fork? fork? I was like, oh my God. Yeah, and that also changes from the other two. Really? In the first one, it's just a random soldier. 
Oh. And he doesn't... I forgot how he tries to kill himself. I think he... I don't. I don't remember how. He, how is it that he tries to kill himself? But Paul calls and they come and save him. And then in the second one, he's. It's a, again another random soldier that's stabbing him. That, mm-hmm. And then that was the same with. But he was stabbing himself in the gut. Oh. Okay. And then the other. The other one made. They made him a friend. And then he killed himself by stabbing himself in the neck because he didn't want to live like a like a cripple. Like a cripple. Or, yeah. It, it's. It's. I. I it's it's horrifying, mm-hmm. but the the themes at the end just how it trickles down, mm-hmm. right? Like just the scars of the war, and what it, it left. Like even the main character is screaming to Cat, and he's like, "How we can't shed these like clothes, right? It's gonna be with us forever." Yeah, kind of deal. And it's 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 very impactful and 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 crazy. And towards the end of the film, unfortunately, the, the Paul gets killed and it's yeah. different in the, in the it's originals different right in the first, yeah uh, another thing i like to say is like we talked mm-hmm. about the innovation that comes out of war and the world war one really innovated the medical industry as well right uh, facial reconstruction surgery was really like pioneered after after that war mm-hmm. um and uh, amputations have always been around but prosthetics you know? And well, not like the end game was just amputate, right? Yeah. Like, you can't be saved, amputate. Like I just took my foot on the floor, or something, you know. So I, I, I think like my foot fell asleep. Bro. Yeah, my foot. <laughs> yeah, right. If you can't feel your foot, we have to amputate it. Yeah, yeah it, it, they they know the science when not to do those, you know, yeah. huge crippling surgeries. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But in the first one, uh, when Paul dies, uh, after Cat dies, it's almost almost like immediately, like. Mm. Um, and he cat dies in a different way as well. Right, which is a little scummy in this one. Yeah, this one's fucked up. This one made it more fucked up. Yeah, a lot of these, (laughs) looking at what you've told me before, a lot of the scenes feel very drawn out, very Mm -hmm. dramatized to some extent. Like, the the trench scenes aren't, right? Those are high octane, which is a little iffy on itself, right? Because, you know, it's it's kind of hard not to get a thrill from running to a trench and seeing people get, you know, wiped out in a film. Yeah. But for here, it feels a little like, oh, you should have saved yourself the trouble, and he was dead because of a liver shot. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the first one he dies, um, there's a shelling. Oh. And he gets hit, and he's like, oh, you know, he he breaks his foot. Mm-hmm. And then that's why Paul has to carry him. And as Paul's carrying him, like, there's another sh- shelling, and sh- I, I assume shrapnel. Mm-hmm. and But the same thing. He shows up, and he's like, should have saved the trouble. He's dead. And he's like, how's it possible? I was just talking to him, whatever. Yep. And then the second one, there's a, a, an airplane strafe mm-hmm. that shoots him down, and then that's what leads to him. Um, Poor guy. There's some different ways to how do we <laughs> kill Cat. Yeah, and then but <laughs> I feel like this one was a lot more personal. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Because uh, throughout the film, they're they're basically robbing this French farmer, uh, not throughout the film, but two points of the film, yeah. they, and they uh, they steal a goose and they eat the goose, which is a really nice uh, camaraderie scene because mm-hmm. they start they start thinking about their their uh, childhood and they start dancing and singing yeah. and it's the first in this film. Yeah, and they also like start like talking lavishly, right, about the food that they're eating, right. Like it's just a, like a goose. Fucking turkey, whatever. You yeah, know? yeah. And it's boiled. It's not even like seasoned. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> and um, they didn't even have salt. But um, they're talking about like, oh, I'm eating like the the most expensive, you know, whatever right. dish of that time. But it's just a simple goose, yeah. which also leads into like the quality of food that they were eating. Right. Exactly. And he starts saying turnip bread, like turnip bread left and right. And I'm assuming they're just eating bread mm-hmm. for like the yeah, exactly. So and. 
Uh, so it, it <laughs> which is funny though, because like in the first two, uh-huh. when they meet the girls, the French girls, right. they use food to to like win them over. Oh. <laughs> 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 so the French girls are in the the original and the yeah. second. Oh, yeah. Okay, interesting. I thought that was a weird scene, but what what's the the difference extent? is that yeah. um, in the first two they're taking a bath in the river, mm-hmm. and I guess like they're using the river as a divider. Mm-hmm. It's like they are allowed to stay in this part of the town and not in that part of the town. So when they start to like the soldiers start to like cross over. There, I think it might have been even Cat yells them, "Hey, come back! You can't, you can't go over there." And then like they have food and all that stuff, and the girls aren't aren't paying attention to them until they show them the food. And it's funny because like in French, you can hear them say like, "Oh, bread! They have bread!" (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that that would have been nice levity. And that would have been if it was a constant, you know. I would have appreciated that other yeah. than what it was where it's just one guy kind of goes off yeah, and, then, and then finally comes back with like a scarf. Yeah. So that was a, a scarf or some fucking used panties. Yeah, or something. It was weird because like he, he gave it to his friend to smell and then the other dude laying next to him like, hey, I want to smell too. Yeah, and then it goes down the line and then yeah. he's like, yeah, give it back. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, just a duality of war and it, it does a good job in uh, portraying that. Like, mm-hmm. It goes from the beginning. It, it shows the duality. There's a theme that wants to get from you, right? The duality of war and how uncertain it is, but also how unbalanced it is. Yeah. Depending on because you see the hierarchy and they're fat and they're eating, while you see them trying to steal a goose, yeah. right? But at the end, cat uh, unfortunately try to steal it again, right? They want to steal another goose, but cat gets killed by uh, the, the kid, boy. right? The yeah. boy of the farmer. The farmer, yeah. Like yeah. you, it was weird because like. The foreshadowing was so obvious because, <laughs> like, there's a scene where it's a two shot, right? It's the, right. The, the farmer and his son, and the farmer's like, ah, I'll kill them one day. And then the son is just staring at him, like, right? With his, his a thousand yard stare, <laughs> yeah. And then he shows up and just gut shots a uh, cat, yeah. But we don't see what happened because cat walks out, right. out of the forest. He went to go take a piss, which I don't know. Why would you just Why'd not you like... So far away. Yeah. yeah. Why do you have to walk okay, a mile I, and a half? <laughs> I, I don't like nitpicking, right? Uh-huh. right? Not that that's not a nitpick, but it is... It Again, it, it's, it seems like Edward, uh, Mr. Berger, it, it, it's a huge uh, undertaking with the mm-hmm. movie. And yeah. At least for TV, you have some leeway to explain. Yeah. But so here, he just kind of... He pees like 10 miles away, yeah. gets shot, walks back 10 miles, <laughs> and then, you know, kind of collapses into Paul's arms. Mm-hmm. And then, he you know, he succumbs to uh, lead poisoning. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... It, I want to say that the film is... If anything it suffers from is that it's, uh, it's kind of TV structured in a way. Because each scene feels like to me like a cut, like a loading screen for a video game. So it's like yeah. here's Paul's scene, and then episode two, here's uh, the general's scenes. Yeah, I guess you could see it like that. But it's I just feel like it's a it's an editing style that doesn't really get utilized. That's anymore. that's true. That's true. You know, the thirty, the 1931 had this, and you know every movie of that era did where it was the slow fade to black, and mm-hmm. then the fade from black mm-hmm. and that's something that we don't use it anymore so much so that um within the last five years or so i saw i re-saw the departed Mark oh. Scorsese. oh wow and there's a scene where he does the fade and i'm like wait what <laughs> this is a movie from like 2005 it's- <laughs> right right oh okay so it's uh does it fade in the originals as yeah. well the phase in the original but the, does it, the first one it does. the first one does yeah. it keep on the same storyline or does it no skip it comes some? up it comes up yeah with a different 
a different, different scene a different yeah. a different scene yeah see that's what i mean yeah I, like we said already it, it feels like it's cool to know about these these moments in history but uh yeah fading away from it just felt weird uh, <laughs> yeah. structurally to me but other other than that uh, the the film has a message and the message is war is bad yeah right yeah and then like um the first two the first one starts off with just a banner mm. there's no voiceover the second one it's voiceover and he reads the prelude to to the book where mm. it says like this is not oh a, wow they do oh yeah, wow this is not in a uh, an accusation or whatever this is merely an account and like even the people who survived the war didn't come back you know exactly like that type of shit yeah and they didn't do that in the first one oh. i mean in in this one in right? this one yeah the all right two, 2022 version, right? Right, yeah. It, it's the you're. It's a I. I don't want to say German endeavor, but it's like a European kind of endeavor, uh-huh. and uh, it, it's the first of its kind. The other ones we saw, like we said at the beginning, was mostly uh, Western, American, and British kind of thing. Yeah. And this one is it's actually straight up from the source, and it, <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it leads to it because a lot of the scenes are very apologetic, especially when it yeah. comes to um. And if you want to take that point of view with the signing, you want to say, "Oh, there are there are good Germans here, mm-hmm. right?" Like if you want to take uh, the the negotiator's side, like they're they're not all bad, right? Yeah. Like arguably, Paul and them are just kind of victims of it, right? Yeah. But there's also people who actively uh, try to stop the war before it even kept going. Yeah, but I, I mean that happens to you know everything. You yeah. Know, look at the situation that this country has been ever since the the turn of the millennia Mm -hmm. you know we've been in three countless wars for you know one could have been you know a noble reason obviously the attacks on september 11 couldn't have gone unanswered Mm -hmm. but was invading iraq the (laughs) the best (laughs) way was it iraq had nothing to do with yeah (laughs) (laughs) like i'm not saying that saddam wasn't a bad person and needed to go but like maybe there could have been a better way of doing that stuff and it's always like the people on top the the power hungry the crazy the insane are the ones who send the victims essentially um into 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 battle to die right absolutely Yeah. yeah and it's uh uh, but but for this one, I just want to say it's the World War One and World War Two, mm-hmm. right? And having one good German guy, mm-hmm. it's unbalanced through it. Like yeah. I would like to see protests. I know they probably didn't exist because you know the Deutschland and the Senate. and then the Senate. But yeah. uh, like you said, with the the students in that scene, like just that scene feels like it, it does a little bit more to the narrative than the signing and having a guy like, oh yeah, my my son died in the war. And that's really it. Yeah. That's his purpose. And he pees on his shoes. on <laughs> accident. <laughs> there was another, like, really uh, poignant uh, moment that this could have been achieved is mm. that after they signed the treaty, um, you know, they're all partying and ha- obviously rejoicing in the end, in the end of what they believe, what, what they believe was the end. Um, and in the morning, Ludendorff calls him and basically is like, one more last attack, we're going to win, this is it. And then that would have been the moment for everybody to have been like, fuck you, old man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the shit's in the, it's in the fucking endgame now. Like, yeah. we're, we're minutes away. Yeah, he's, he basically at the end of the film, he sends them all to one last charge to, to take the lines. And obviously it doesn't work well. No. And all, I, I mean, they had already surrendered at that point. Right, right. So uh, there's no war. There's no fight in them anymore. No. Right. So uh, the the film really does lay the groundwork for the next conflict, and mm-hmm. that the armistice isn't a ceasefire. It's a prelude to the next phase. 
of the war for Germany to catch up technologically. Yeah. And they do. They like I mean the Blitzkrieg. They they surpass. Right. Right. Exactly. Like the Blitzkrieg and then the French. You know, it's gonna be like World War One with the Maginot Line. Yeah. And then no, nope, not at all. Like it's a it's a next generation of war, and that's just this film. The best is the not the best, but it's like the most psyche thought moment of the 20th century. <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, that's our review for all Quiet on the Western Front, the, the 2022 version. It's uh, it's an interesting look into the sides of war that we haven't got an opportunity to see a lot of. And it does have its missteps, but that doesn't less, lessen the impact of what the message it has. Yeah, I mean, like, like we're obviously living in a, in a situation now, you know, like, I don't think there's ever been a moment in time where we're this close to, you know, total nuclear annihilation. Right. Like <laughs> um, North Korea always fires North a rocket. Korea, Russia, Ukraine. <laughs> right, yeah, it's exactly. Like, it's ugly shit. And this movie does, you know, bring forth the notion of the stupidity of it. Yeah. You know, like what this film lacked that the others didn't is that the scene where um, he kills the guy in the trench mm. where he stabs him remember and then he, he, he grabs the, uh, the wall that sees his picture and all that right, right. he has like this whole monologue to this dead guy that they didn't do in the first one and he's basically saying is like why are we doing this um, in any other world you could have been my brother you know right. you're just another person like like, like right. us and stuff and they didn't do that in this one I don't know if it was like more they wanted the emote to come out. Yeah, I I would appreciate that more. Yeah. yeah because it allows it just feel like they just kind of touch on it. I thought it was weird mm-hmm. because the music I didn't really like the music in this film. No, and yeah, it, it was a little off. Yeah, and it, it it feels off, and I would have liked that more. And the film just feels exactly like that. Mm-hmm. It feels that the 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 concept is so humongous that uh, the the director, Berger, kind of uh, didn't know where to go with some of the scenes. And that scene seemed like a very turning point in the character. Yeah. But it's kind of just glossed over. for. And he's an off, he's a great actor, but there's not really, there's like a payoff down the line or anything like that. Yeah, he says like when he um, grabs the picture. Yeah. And it's funny though, because they used the same picture from the first one. Wow. That's but a... the second one didn't use that picture. Oh, shame. I know. But it's and... a cool little kid. So that's cool, <laughs> it's a cool I guess nut. Easter eggs for cool. Yeah, all and, quiet um, on the western front. He tells him, "Is like oh, I'm gonna write to your to your wife. I like it. I'm gonna explain what happened. She's not gonna know. She's not gonna go without knowing." Right, right. And like this real moment of relating to your enemy. Yeah, because we see them as, as we try to dehumanize them. Yeah, in any war, we try to think that it's us versus them. They're animals. You know, they don't have a right to live. Yeah, there was another scene where um, I don't. I, I think it was in the second one where. They were talking, and they were saying, "Is like, oh, we thought they were different, as, mm-hmm. but when we got into their trenches, we just saw that they were living exactly like we were." Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the film, it, it's a cautionary tale, and especially mm-hmm. what's going on today, it's it's very more poignant than ever. Yeah. So, what would you rate this? Oof. Um, <laughs> like a five and a half. Five and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah. Uh, it's just. Uh, like like I said, it has a message, and the message is definitely there. Uh, the narrative, on the other hand, kind of gets muddled a little bit. And the, and but the thing is, if you're a history buff, especially World War One, World War Two history, you'd love the film. Uh, other than that, uh, the shock and awe of war uh, will keep you satisfied. 
throughout yeah, the Yeah, I'm seeing the reviews now, and IMDb gives it a 7.9 out of 10. Yeah, an average. An average. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, a 92. And yeah. Common Sense? No, what's this? Common Common Sense Media gives it a 4 out of 5. Yeah, so we're, we're right there in the median somewhere. Yeah, are we? We're yeah. like a five and a half. We're a five from, and a half. From well, a, basically a, a near perfect film. <laughs> well, five and six, something yeah. like that. And if you, yeah. So, well, that's our review of uh, All Quiet on the Western Front 2022. I've been your host, as always, Ernesto, accompanied with my co host, Joel. Yes. <laughs> Joel, accompanied with my co host. Did my name? Accompanied with my house. With Joel. Uh, we'll see you uh, next week and uh, next episode of Pop Salsa. But until then, we'll see you next, next week for another episode of Hot Takes. Take care. Be safe. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. For show updates, follow us on Subfeck and Twitter. Links are in the description. You can find new episodes weekly on whichever podcast platform you swore allegiance to.